It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing all right. What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot. We've got a few things to talk about. Titans uh, hired a tight ends coach and rounded out their staff, so we'll talk about a little bit about that. Then we'll talk about the inside linebacker position for the Titans, kind of our positional review. And then we'll look at a few of the mocks from around the league and talk about who guys have the Titans taking currently. Before we do all that, remind you we're at MusicCityMiracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. You can follow the podcast account at Locked on Titans. Uh, you can also play the podcast on your smart speaker. Just say play podcast Locked on Titans and you will hear us there. All right. So uh, it was announced, I guess, on Saturday morning, the Titans hired Todd Downing as their tight ends coach. Um, pretty interesting hire here, really. Uh, he's a guy that's, that's only 38 years old, has been in the league for a long time, a lot of different positions. Honestly, his career arc is, is a little bit like Fred Smith's. Not Fred Smith, Arthur Smith, Fred, Fred's son, Arthur, um, the Titans' new offensive coordinator, kind of a guy that started in you know one of those quality control roles and bounced around you know both sides of the ball, that kind of stuff. Was the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, uh, Todd Downing was, in 2017 under Jack Del Rio. So, I mean, I, I think a good thing to get a guy on the staff who has some coordinating experience uh, to kind of help out Arthur Smith as he jumps into that role. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, like you said, the, the defensive uh, quality control uh, is in his background. Also, as a quarterbacks coach for the Lions and, and the Bills, uh, and like you said, landed with the Raiders as an offensive coordinator. Um, look, it, it's a tight ends coach. You're probably not going to see uh, any any different things uh, out of that group. Honestly, uh, the outside eye won't be able to tell, but. I think it is important to surround Arthur Smith with guys that have experience. Uh, and Downing at least has experience as an offensive coordinator. He's been down that road. Uh, you know, it's Arthur Smith's show. But if he wants to lean on, on Downing, get some advice, uh, you know, that's going to help out uh, on game day. It's going to help in, in the meeting rooms, uh, in, in the game planning and all that stuff. So never hurts to, to get a guy that's, that's already been an offensive coordinator working under you on your own staff. Yeah, and uh, he was also, Downing was also the quarterback's coach in Oakland uh, for the two years before he was the offensive coordinator. And if you go look at, you know, kind of Derek Carr's career arc, I mean, he had, a, you know, at least one really good season with um, with Downing as his, as his quarterback's coach. So, uh, you know, that, he's got some experience there. I mean, he was in 2015, 2016, uh, that's when he was the quarterback's coach in Oakland. And David Carr or Derek Carr, sorry, threw for 32 touchdowns in 2015 and 28 in 2016. So, um, you know, a guy that obviously had some success there doing that. Um, you know, and again, I like having guys on the staff that have done a lot of different things. Um, I mean, I think that's important. I think it's it's you know somebody that's kind of seen everything, both sides of the ball, that kind of stuff. I think it makes for a more well-rounded staff. Like you said, and we've had this, we've had this conversation before about position coaches. Um, it's it, it, none of us know what it, what makes it, what what a good position coach is without some like huge body of work. Uh, you know, you look at what Mike Munchak has been able to do with offensive linemen, and you know that Mike Munchak is a good offensive line coach. But you've seen it over you know decades, 
in the NFL, different teams, different players, all that kind of stuff. How good is – I mean, we don't know how good of a tight end coach Arthur Smith is, right? I mean, we know that the guys for him, that, that played for him played well. Uh, we know that Delaney Walker is a good player anyway, uh, regardless of who his tight end coach is. John o. Smith came on as the year. I mean, I think as the year went along, I think that's a little bit of a credit to the positional coach. But, you know, from the outside looking at it, it's really impossible to tell. A guy's going to look, look like a good position coach if he has good players and his guys stay healthy. It's going to be tougher for him to do that if they don't. Um, but I do think you can read a little bit of something into a, a quarterback coach uh, with, a, with, a, with a young quarterback especially and how they kind of come along. And so that's why, I mean, I think it's a good hire here um, for with Downing. And, again, you know, just a guy that has experience doing a lot of different things. So, you know, I mean, we, so we have a staff that's, that's basically the same as last year. You just have two, two, different, two, two guys in different positions, one new coach. Obviously, Arthur Smith going from tight ends, offensive coordinator with Lafleur going to the Packers, Downing coming in. So, you know, continuity there uh, for, for the staff, I, I think that's a good thing. Um, you, you know, I, I, I actually expected to see a little bit more turnover uh, just because I thought maybe Vrabel would have some guys that he had wanted to hire last year but weren't available for, you know, whatever reason, just timing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you, you know, I, we've talked a lot about it, the importance of, you know, having a staff, having the same message, growing with those guys. And so we're definitely going to see that this year. And, and I think it's a good thing. I, I don't think we had any, you know, huge issues that, when we watched this team play last year. I don't think there was anything that, you know, really looked like a huge hole so nine and seven with with a pretty injured team. So I, I'm pretty happy with where the coaching staff is heading into year two under Mike Brable. Yeah, uh, I'm same here. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, it's always good to get those guys that have done a lot of things uh, under your staff, especially with an, an unexperienced guy like Arthur Smith. Um, so Downey's going to come in, bring. You know, he worked with John DeFilippo last year, who crashed and burned, but. He was kind of a hot name uh, in last year's coaching cycle, so uh, you never know what you're going to pick up along the way. And, and you know, he's not a, just a tight ends coach, as we learned um, throughout this process. Or Arthur Smith ran the red zone and, and helped out for game planning and stuff like that. So um, experience uh, adding to to this relatively young uh, staff, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So um, excited, excited to see the continuity. Excited for Arthur Smith to get a get a shot. Hopefully, it all comes together for a special season for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and that's I mean obviously that's kind of how we'll we'll judge this is really how that plays out. And, and we obviously talked about that at length. Um, but yeah, this is this is the this is the year for Marcus Mariota. The, the year where they determine whether he's here or not. Um, you know, extension or not, franchise tag, all those things come into play. But I think you, you get a good staff around him. Um, I mean, I think you give him the best chance to succeed. And, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's the, that's the best thing for the Titans if that's what ends up happening is that Marcus Mario succeeds. But, you know, that's kind of yet to be seen. There's a lot of variables, obviously, uh, going around with that. All right, so coming up, we will talk about the inside linebacker position with the Titans. Before we do that, say about my bookie. They're back with us again. Uh, Super Bowl coming up, and you're obviously going to have a, there's a million different things you can bet on uh, around the Super Bowl, all the prop bets and all that kind of stuff. If you're going to do it online betting, you need to be at mybookie.com. We wouldn't recommend them if we didn't trust them. Um, they've been with us, like I said, basically from the beginning, 
And the the biggest thing about them is you win, you get paid. We always say that. That's that's the most important thing. Where you're betting is almost as, as important as who you're betting on. Um, and my bookie is the place you need to go. They've got in-game live betting. They've got player perks. I mean, all that kind of stuff that that you want from your from your online bank site. My bookie has it. Uh, they got a, a, the cool deal going on again. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the dollar for dollar bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so inside linebacker, I think it was probably the most successful position group uh, on this team last year. Um, You know, you you had three guys that played at a really high level. It took Rashawn Evans a a little bit of time to catch up uh, after missing pretty much all training camp, the preseason, all that stuff. But by the end of the year, he was playing at a really high level. Wesley Woodyard continues to kind of, you know, defy the the age uh, curve that, that usually gets these guys and play at a high level. Uh, and then you got Jalen Brown, who should have made the Pro Bowl, um, who, you know, arguably the, the MVP of, of this defense. Um, you know, you saw him make the big play in, the, in, the, in that last game against the Colts. So you, you've got a group there that has a – Good foundation. Uh, you got two really young players, and you know Rashawn Evans will be going into his second year. Jayon Brown going into his third. Wesley Woodyard, a veteran who will be entering the final year of his contract with the Titans. Um, you know you've you've got a lot of good stuff there, and so I think you know when you start to look at draft needs. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that, obviously, over the next couple of months. But inside linebacker is definitely not on that list. The Titans are are set up really well for long-term success there. It's the position pretty easily that you feel the best about, um, you know, going into next year and really two, three, four, five years down the road. Uh, Wesley Woodyard's got one more year on his deal uh, through the 2019 season, really cap-friendly deal, um, only making $3.4 million. Uh, so that's just such a great deal because he's still playing at such a high level. Uh, I, I, Rashawn Evans had had his bright spots last year, but I don't think you can take Woodyard off the field quite yet. Uh, I think he's a starter. But where it's interesting is, uh, you know, we talk about these needs. Titans need a pass rusher. So you just wonder if Rashawn Evans is that guy that, that kind of comes down to the line of scrimmage. And we didn't see a ton of that last year. Uh, you just wonder if you'll see more of that now with Brian Arakpo. 
retiring. Derek Morgan probably going to move on. Uh, Titans are going to have to find some pass rush somewhere. Uh, they've, they've got a guy with some ability already on the roster and potentially without a starting spot uh, just yet. So interested to see how they use him. Yeah, and I think we probably would have seen more of that this past year if Evans would have been healthy in training camp. And again, this is, this is all just speculation on my part. But I, I think with him missing so much time, you, you, you couldn't give him maybe as many things as they wanted to in the beginning. And look, you know, Mike Vrabel said in, you know, his, his, in his opening press conference when he got the Titans job, we're going to be multiple. And you've got a situation here now where you've got three really good players you know, in a system where you, you know, typically would only have two of them on the field at the same time, inside linebackers. But when you've got three guys that are playing the level that these guys are, I mean, Jayon Brown was, you know, arguably the best pass rusher on this team last year. Um, so you've, you've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. And so you can kind of mix and match them and you don't have to, you know, stick necessarily with the typical just two inside linebackers on the field. So it's a good problem to have. Anytime you've got, you know, an extra guy, pushing for a starting position when, you know, there's not really one open. That's a good problem to have. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of depth like that at really any position in the league right now with salary cap and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so credit to the way that John Robinson has drafted. Uh, you know, we, we, you can be critical of him on some things, but, you know, he's, he's gotten this position right. So, you know, that, that's just a credit to him. Uh, the other two guys that were in the mix there this past year, Will Compton, and uh, Darren Bates. Darren Bates is, you know, pretty much a special teams guy. Uh, I think was special teams special teams captain this last year. Um, so he's a guy that they'll, they, you know, they'll keep around just for his role in that. Uh, didn't didn't play a lot of defense. Will Compton, you know, filled in early on in the year um, because you know we had the stretch in the first few weeks there where you know where Sean Evans was still kind of getting up to speed, and then Wesley Woodyard got hurt, um, and and so Will Compton filled in there. Compton, I think, gave them pretty much exactly what they expected to give him. I mean, a guy that's a veteran, knows what's going on out there, but athletically, he's just a step below these other guys. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. It wouldn't surprise me to see them turn over that position again, that fourth linebacker, and sign somebody else of that stature. Uh, but Compton, I mean, he seemed to fit great with the culture of the team. Uh, I know him and Luan became instant uh, best friends there, but yeah, for, I mean, for me, the only intrigue there is, is seeing what Rashawn Evans can do with a, a full uh, helping of training camp there, and you know, just kind of learn things on the fly. Uh, I, I just wonder how that would be different uh, if if he did get that time in camp. Maybe he can step in and really be a leader there, start to call some plays, and uh, and see how he can grow as a player. Because I, I mean, it's frustrating. We went through with Corey Davis. Uh, now you went through it with Rashawn Evans. Um, that matters. Just that time in camp to, to get in the playbook, get comfortable, uh, just to, to get everything, your, your eyes uh, dotted and your T's crossed and all that. Uh, it, it, it just really helps. And I think you saw the type of player he was late in the year. Same with Corey Davis. You know, I think you saw it come on this year and in spurts last year. But hopefully – the Titans will take someone this year that can participate in training camp, and we can get a look at them in the preseason. Yeah, no uh, hamstring injuries for the Titans' first-round pick. Yeah, That's please. What we're all wishing for this coming year because, like I said, it's been uh, last two years. Uh, you guys missed the entire time, and and like I said, it just you see 
especially with Deshaun Evans this year, you, you saw the just the strides he made, the improvement he made week to week. Um, and, and, you know, I always think back to that Buffalo game where he took the bad angle, didn't look like he, you know, maybe put in uh, the, the max amount of effort on the Josh Allen touchdown run. Um, but from there, I mean, just every week, you know, he was getting better and better and better. You saw his tackles num- tackle numbers climb. And you listen to people like Dave McGinnis talk um, about guys that were playing well, guys he's noticing. And, 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 you know, week in and week out, he was talking about Rashawn Evans. So um, just just good to see him grow like that. And I think that's what gives us the, the confidence that he's going to that he's going to take the, that big step forward from year one to year two. And like you said, they maybe give him more responsibility. Um, I, I would imagine, assuming Wesley Woodyard is still here, which uh, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be, he's still going to be the guy calling the signals on defense. Um, I, I think they had Rashawn Evans. He didn't call him in Alabama either, so I, I don't know what what that what that issue is there. But then you know, once you get to past, if Wesley Woodyard is not here, like in 2020, and you've got Jay on and you've got Rashawn Evans out there, um, you know that that's when you kind of got to make that decision. But Again, just that—that's a fun position to talk about some of these things. You know, we've got a lot of questions about. We're not sure what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there, but we know that these three guys are going to be back, and that you know, assuming everybody's healthy, they're going to be one of the best position groups on the team. So, um, you know, that, like I said, that's that's one of the things that when John Robinson's scouting guys and you know putting together his big board and all that stuff, he don't have to worry about that position. So, you know, the more of those you can have, obviously, the better. Um, all right, so coming up, we'll finish up looking at a few mock drafts from around the Internet. So we've kind of picked out three mock drafts here to look at, one from Dan Kadar, uh, mocking the draft, SB Nation, and then Daniel Jeremiah of the Sticks, NFL.com, and then Kyle Krabs, who's part of the Draft Network. Um, we got, with, with Jeremiah and Kadar, you have the Titans taking a receiver, um, which, again, my preference would be address receiver in free agency, um, get a couple guys there, get some experience in that room. Um, I just don't know if you need another, another young guy in the room. Now, if you're not able to do that for whatever reason, if that doesn't come together, absolutely playmakers. We talked a couple weeks ago, you know, offense dominates the league, build up the offense, all those things, um, absolutely true. But I know, uh, so Kadar's mock, Kadar's mock that came out today, uh, recording this on Monday night, uh, has the Titans taken, had the Titans taken Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. And then Jeremiah's mock draft had them taking DK Metcalf uh, from Ole Miss. And I know you've got an opinion uh, on those two guys. Yeah, two totally different players. Uh, Marquise Brown is, you know, 5'10", 175 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, elite speed track star guy. I I just don't know if if that's the way to go. I, I, maybe I'm just too close to to the Taewon Taylor situation. Um, and, and to be clear, Brown has as truly elite speed. Uh, something that Taylor might not have. But uh, I don't know. I, I've just been burned there. I, I'm not sure Brown wins like a like a normal receiver uh, in today's league wins. Uh, you know, you look around the internet with, with all these comps, and they're calling him to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I, I just think that's that's a pretty unique player, uh, and I, I'm not sure that works all the time. You look at DK Metcalf; you're talking about a legit 6'4", 230 pound guy that can go win you 50-50 balls, and has the deep speed to go with it. Um, there's some injury concerns there. 
missed half the season at Ole Miss, I believe. Uh, doesn't have the production that we know John Robinson likes. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore. So I think all those things are working against him uh, in terms of the Titans' interest. Uh, but again, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I totally get it, though. If I look at the Titans' roster as an outsider and I'm doing one of these mock drafts, yeah, I'm giving them a receiver because it's Corey Davis and just uh, nothing else on, on the roster. So uh, I certainly get it, but I'm totally with you. I hope they address it in March and, and not in April. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, wide receiver is, you know, I, it, when you look at needs, um, it's in the top three, and we can debate all day long whether, you know, edge, defensive line, wide receiver, I mean, where those shake out. Um, again, we're both of the belief. I think go build up the offense, whatever, whatever that, whatever that takes. Let's let's get that done. So yeah, I mean, it's not it's, it's not a tight end. You know, They're not, <laughs> not, these guys are not mocking tight ends to us. So uh, you, you appreciate that that part of it. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like you said, I, I think I'm with you. I, I like Metcalf better. Um, the thought of you know him on one side, and Corey Davis on the other. That's that would be pretty exciting. Um, you'd have at least from a potential standpoint, uh, you know, probably the most the most two talented receivers the Titans have ever had. We just look at you know size, speed, measurables, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, production obviously would, would be yet to be seen, but um, you know, I mean, I would like that again. The way that I look at it, let, let's do that in free agency, um, and then you're looking at uh, getting you know what the best defender in this draft. Um, and whoever that is, I mean, obviously at 19, you're not getting, you, you know, you're not going to have your pick of, of all the guys on the board, but this draft from, from all accounts is very deep on edge rushers, very deep on defensive linemen. Uh, so Kyle Krabs had a mock, uh, that dropped, I think today and he had the, the Titans taken polite. What was, how do you say his name? Ja'Kai Polite. Ja'Kai Polite, uh, edge rusher from Florida. Now again, you're talking about raw athleticism, a guy that you know that's got all the the measurables that you need. How long does it take him to become a productive pass rusher in the league? You know, I think is is a is a question that we can talk about. But I mean, again, you look at him coming off one edge and Lander coming off of the other. That's going to be terrifying for quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I'm for anything in the front seven. You know, I, I'm honestly not going to be picky. Uh, I, I think the Titans need some talent there. Uh, it depends on what, what, obviously, what they feel in, in free agency in regards to a pass rusher. But again, I think I think they like what's on the roster too. Uh, I, I think they did a good job of, of of really making that room a lot better with with Correa. Uh, you know, you got Harold Landry there, uh, Sharif Finch. I, I think those are three really good players. You, you might add a veteran into the mix. You might be set for next year. Um, obviously, if, if a guy like Polite falls, it, it's going to be hard to pass on because it's certainly a need. Um, but, you know, I, I think they've got a lot of options there on, on the front seven alone. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Christian Wilkins has been a popular mock draft pick, the defensive tackle from Clemson. So uh, pass rusher, uh, whether it's on the outside or the interior, like I've been saying, they just need some disruptors. Get Jarrell Casey some help. Yeah, and the interesting thing here, um, if you look at Krabs' mock draft, I don't, I, I think, 
was it Bradbury? He's the the, the yeah. interior offensive lineman yeah. everybody's falling in love with. Um, I think he's still on the board here, wasn't he? Um, which you know, again, is an interesting discussion. Um, I I still am of the uh, you know we talked about this before, but I, I am of the belief you you could find that guy somewhere else. But I do get the um, the argument for that because again, if we're talking about you got to load up on offense. That's the way to win in today's NFL. Well, if the Titans can't block people coming up the middle, then you know obviously that that is something you'd have to consider. But I think again, I, I think that's something that they can address maybe in free agency or you know maybe in a in a middle in a mid round pick versus you know where you're not going to get the elite talent in an edge guy. Now again, these guys, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of hit or miss on these guys. They're, you know, they're, there's going to be three or four guys that go to the combine, put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, guys are just like that. You, know, you just have all these athletic guys right now. But I'm, I would still take. I don't know. I, I think even if they don't, even if they don't really upgrade the interior offensive lineman before you know the first round of the NFL draft comes al- comes around, I'm still good with them taking the pass rusher there. And I'd counter that argument with saying if you're going to stick with with the zone scheme. You need those elite athletes uh, up front, and I don't know that you're going to find the the guys that can really move uh, up front in the on day two, on day three. Uh, I, I think a guy like Bradbury, with the athleticism that he has, uh, it, it's going to come off the board pretty quick. And you know, you just kind of got to ask yourself, how would that transform the team? How would a how would a, a really athletic center transform this team and I think we both agree that Ben Jones took a step back last year um, you know the offensive line as a whole was inconsistent I just think if you're if that's what you're trying to be if you're trying to run the football establish Derrick Henry uh, work off of play action I just think you max it out uh, so you know it, it, obviously all of this it hinges on what John Robinson does in free agency uh, but you just hope he's got the flexibility to take the best player on the board. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to be upset with Bradbury, uh, a, a guy with, with really elite athleticism and a guy that I think could transform this offensive line. But interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, I'm looking through Kadar's mock here really quick. None of, these, none of these three guys have Bradbury going in the first round. Yeah, he, um, he was a hot guy last week. Uh, had a really good week down at the Senior Bowl, uh, a guy that a lot of people expect to rise. So we'll see. Yeah, um, and, you know, he'll, I mean, I'm sure he'll test well at the combine and all that kind of stuff too. But just interesting that that's not. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, I mean, obviously these mock drafts don't really mean anything. And you know, we will, every year you see a guy like a Harold Landry who's going, you know, a, a consensus top 15 in mock drafts last year. Titans get him in the second round. Um, and you'll see a guy rise up on, on a board that you know didn't get picked early. None of these guys had going in the first round. So yeah, it's uh, it's, just, it's funny because it just feels like the top fifteen. You, you have a pretty good idea, but after that, man, nobody has a clue. It gets yeah, wild. It does. And again, it's also you, you you when you have a position when you have positions that are really deep. Sometimes you see some of those guys fall because you know guys feel like well, I need to reach here. Because I can get, you know, you know, I've got five guys that I've got graded similarly. I can get one of them in the second round, but I've got this receiver. You know, and John Robinson talked about that when he took Corey Davis 
I mean, just basically looking at, hey, they, they need a receiver. You've got these three guys. They're all going to be gone even when you have your second first-round pick in that draft. So you go ahead and take the receiver, you know, and then deal with the cornerback thing. You want to take a door Jackson. So, um, you know, all, all that plays into things. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, the, how these things are, how, where, where the buzz is going after the combine. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. Uh, so you can follow us there. Just get the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, search out Locked On Titans. And on your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Titans. For Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.